countdown to the last comic shop in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So the most important part is you got to separate the egg. You got to separate the yolk and the white. And then when you put the yolk in, then the white's not there. And then you can fold the whites in later after you make stiff peaks. It's all about the stiff peaks. But I don't want any stiff peaks. Do we have to drink eggnog you've made? Can't we just buy it from the store? I don't want to drink raw eggs. That's why you put a lot of liquor in it. I don't know about this. You don't have to drink raw eggs, kids. It's me, Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll from G.I. Joe? You weren't even in the cartoon. Yeah, but I was one of the original 12 Joes. Just shut up and listen. You don't need to drink these stupid eggs. Don't eat egg dog that's been sitting out all day, or you're going to be back behind the shed underneath the mistletoe spewing your guts out. You seem to be talking from experience. Listen, I've had some hard times. Anyway, don't drink those rags, kids. <laughs> Get something else. Go to the store. How can we go to the store? <laughs> as long as we can still put liquor in it, I'm okay with that. Hey, you're not drunk and driving, are you? Don't drink and drive either. Ah, so many things. No drinking and driving. Maybe eating the eggs. Don't eat the eggs. <laughs> Stay away from the eggs. And now we know. But knowing is half the battle. That was the best. That is the best. <laughs> Happy holidays and welcome back to the last college show for our Christmas edition of our show. Yay! That's right, kids. Don't drink and drive or drink raw eggs. Call it Uber and just get something else. J.A. does make a mean homemade eggnog, I've heard. I more, more out of necessity than anything else since it's hard to find uh, eggnog in the store here in the Philippines or in oh. Asia in general. So How does eggnog even happen? <laughs> it, well, you need an egg and then you need some nog. <laughs> like Nogahide? <laughs> Nogahide windpipe. That's a PCU shout out. PCU, now you're dating yourself. No, I, it's surprising that the, the Philippines don't have eggnog given that, I don't know, they celebrate Christmas for about four months. I guess they just run out in September and then they just don't have any by the actual time Christmas rolls around. So Jay, can you clear up, because this came up on another show. What is the Filipino Christmas four-month fiesta, siesta, whatever it is? Explain. It's, it's because it's a burr month. Every month that ends in burr, September. October, November, December. Yeah, this makes no sense to me. I'm not shivering. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and Jay Scott. I hope you liked our rendition of a classic G.I. Joe PSA at the beginning of our Christmas program here. I don't know if classic is the way that one went. uh... (laughs) Rock and Roll did have that sweet beard. Like, man. Oh, yeah. I, I have recollections of a great issue where him... And Scarlet and Snake Eyes, like, have to ride in a motorcycle across the desert? I think it's early in the Marvel run. Like, I had it in a treasury for G.I. Joe. But, uh, Chad, do you recall this? Not off the top of my head. Well, it was awesome. Because, like, (laughs) you know, Snake Eyes and Scarlet were cuddling. And Rock and Roll's just like, I don't know, I want to (laughs) watch. He's a dirty old man with a sweet, sweet beard. But if you're wondering why we're talking about G.I. Joe on today's program, it's because we're going to be covering a G.I. Joe book, and it has actually a lot to do with the G.I. Joe cartoon series. It is Chad's Christmas present 
on the show today. He wanted to re- review IDW's G.I. Joe Saturday Morning Adventures. Is that what it was? Yeah, I got that right. I know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's a wonderful four-issue miniseries that they just uh, wrapped up here in 2022. And we're going to check it out and see if it holds up to some of that childhood nostalgia. But speaking of nostalgia, J.A. has a special Christmas-related activity for us on The Last Comic Shop for all of our fans. Kind of, this is our holiday party here at the shop. So what do you got for us, J.A.? Yeah, I'm sick of your quizzes, so I'm giving the quiz. I'm the quiz master. Me! You're just tired of losing the chat. <laughs> and looking yes. like a chump. Yes. From chump to quiz master, I'm for it, J.A. I'm All right. It. So same rules apply. Ten questions apiece. Whoever gets more of them right wins and gets eggnog. <laughs> Shipped from the Philippines. Ew, that's going to be no. a leaky box. Mmm, so clumpy. Yeah. So we got what? We got to flip a coin to see who goes first? Does anyone have a coin? So please, sir, do you have a coin? Just a copper, I'll go get you your Christmas turkey. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> All right, a Chad called in the air. Heads. It is tails. I go first. Question one. Which country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? Uh, I think that would be Germany. We'll say Germany. You are correct. Ah. Question two. How many ghosts show up in A Christmas Carol? That would be three. You are incorrect. Mm. You forgot. Jacob Marley. Marley. Son of a gun. See, I got to think about these. You you threw me that slow ball across the plate and I didn't see the change up. Question three. In Home Alone, where are the McAllisters going on holiday when they leave Kevin behind? Paris, France? I think it's in France. You are correct, sir. There you go. Question four. In which country did eggnog originate? So where would they have eggs and lots of nog? It seems like a Scandinavian thing. So I am going to say Sweden. Wrong. It is Britain. Wow. Something gross, so it had to come from Britain. (laughs) Did you get your steak and kidney pie? Did you have some chips and peas? Yes, mushy peas. <laughs> oh, God. But it's not oh. chips. That, it's like French fries. Steak yeah, fries. It's still it's gross as hell. <laughs> Question five. How many gifts were given in total in the 12 days of Christmas? Oh, how many gifts? Count them birds. What? You're making me do really hard math? <laughs> All right, so there's two at the first because it's a partridge and a pear tree. So then there's four... Then there's another well, that's three. that's one gift, though. That's gift. Uh, oh. Oh, well, then I'll say 13. Then. No, because it goes through the song 12 times. It's 364. See, I was never going to get that. Math was not my strong suit. I was too pretty for math. Question six. How about this one? For history, what year did Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You come out? Oh, geez. 1994? Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, sir. That was a total pull out of left field. Uh, Is that the last addition to the Christmas canon? Like, has there been anything else since? Hmm. My wife also likes that in sync. Merry Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas. Question seven. In which Christmas movie does Tom Hanks play six of the characters? 
Is that the Polar Express? It is the Polar Express. He plays Hero Boy, Father, Conductor, Hobo, Scrooge, and Santa Claus. Well, there you go. He's a very talented man, that Tom Hanks. Question eight. In which country is it tradition to eat KFC for Christmas dinner? That would be China. I think it was China. Isn't it China? Is is Alabama a country? (laughs) It should be. (laughs) Well, did I get it right? You did not, sir. It is Japan. Oh. Question nine. In the movie Love Actually, which character sang Christmas is all around? Oh, Love Actually. Hugh Grant? No. It was Billy Mack, played by Bill Nighy. That's, that's one. is all around me, and that's it, so it snows. Oh, boy. Actually, my wife's never made me watch that one, so I've never actually seen this, the Love Actually. I've seen that other one, the Holiday, or the, the one with the Jack Blacks and the Cameron Diaz's, and they, they swap places. Is that the Holiday? I think that's the Holiday. Yeah, you're missing Pete Kira Knightley. (laughs) Maybe I should watch that. Okay, last question. You are on four right now, so let's see if you can get to five and put some pressure on Chad. How many of Rudolph's fellow reindeers' names start with D? Ooh, so there's Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. So that's three. Correct. It's a 50%. Bam! I was going to say, and I want to go on record as being very nervous, not only about all the math with these questions, but the lack of multiple choice answers. Ah, I'm going to suffer. <laughs> Let's see if I can uncrown the king. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you ready, Chad? Uh, no, but let's do it anyway. Okay. Question number one. What is traditionally hidden inside a Christmas pudding? More pudding. <laughs> no, it is a coin. Shit, that sounds that. terrible. That's as bad as like razor blades and like Snickers bars. Yeah, honestly, because there's no holes in those. They just get stuck in the esophagus. There goes Tiny Tim. <laughs> Question number two. What decoration do elves traditionally have on their shoes? Bells. Correct. Oh. Elves bells, baby. <laughs> Question number three. If you were born on Christmas Day, what is your star sign? Capricorn is a star sign. It is. Capricorn Ah! it is. Wow. I'm feeling the pressure here. Question four. What is the best-selling Christmas single of all time? Uh, White Crosby, or Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Correct. Wait a second. He was about to say White Crosby's. (laughs) Half a point. The head cold here. (laughs) Leave me alone. I was real close on both halves. <laughs> it wasn't the chipmunk song. That's one of my favorites. Ah, that's a good Alvin. Question number five. What color suit did Santa wear until Coca-Cola rebranded it? Green. Correct. Oh, 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 oh. I guess colors. <laughs> you can't you can't see them. They, they all right. look great, you, but <laughs> <laughs> red, green, colorblind, both of them are iffy. <laughs> Question number six. In the episode of Friends, the one with the holiday armadillo, who dresses up as an armadillo? Oh, that's Ross. Correct. Teach Ben about uh, Jewish uh, traditions and how they're just as cool as Sandy Claus. I feel like it's slowly slipping away from me at this point. (laughs) Question number seven. In Mean Girls, 
Which Christmas song do the Plastics get up on stage to perform? I'm going to say all I want for Christmas is you, but I don't know this one. No, it is Jingle Bell Rock Ah! by Bobby Helm. Question number eight. Which Christmassy song plays at the end of the 1988 Christmas film Die Hard? Ooh, this is in my head somewhere. I'll be home for Christmas. No, it is Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, let it snow, there we snow go. by yeah. Sammy Kahn and Jules Stein. Okay, question number nine. What color are mistletoe berries? Can I just say red? You can, but you would be wrong. Ooh. They are white. Yeah, that's holly. Holly berries are yeah, red. Yeah, thinking of holly berries. Right. Suck my holly berries. Anyway, <laughs> next question. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Okay. So he's tied with me. So he can win if he gets this one. I should be able to steal. Question number 10. In Home Alone 2, who does Kevin run into in the hotel lobby? Ah, uh, former President Donald Trump, but he wasn't former president yet. That is correct. Trumpers! Ruining my Christmas. You were trumped. I think that was part of the deal for them filming inside Trump Towers. Wow. She got the cameo in the movie. I can't believe I lost on that question. <laughs> ah, so, Chad, you're the Christmas champion. You're the champion of all of 2022. Woo-hoo. I can't believe I got Capricorn. Cancer, Sagittarius, and Capricorn, and the rest, I, that's it. <laughs> if I hadn't been hit so hard with algebra, maybe. No, like, it's, it's you missing that slow one over the plate for oh, yeah, uh, the Jacob the, Marley. Uh, yeah, uh, the ghosts of Christmas. And I and I just read that the Harvey Kurtzman Christmas Carol. No, I'm still blaming it on the calculus. I didn't know there was going to be math. I would have brought a number two pencil. In any case, we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop after these commercial breaks with more of our Christmas episode where we're going to be reviewing a toy you might have gotten for Christmas, which is GI Joe and their Saturday morning cartoons, which are fun. Hello, friends. Do you like the 80s and Transformers? We are the Autopod Decepticast, and we started our podcast doing a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 classic animated feature, Transformers the Movie. We've since moved on to an episode-by-episode review of the G1 series and just started Season 3. We have over 180 episodes, so if you're just discovering our show, there's plenty of gold to stuff into your ears. And it is very funny and fantastic. I'm not biased... We are on every podcast aggregator you could possibly stomach. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and our web presence is autopoddecepticast.com. We are at apoddecast on Twitter and all of the things. Autopod Decepticast, friends, for all your animated Transformer needs. Bye-bye. Okay, we're back. Uh, And this week we are going to cover from IDW... G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, The Saturday Morning Adventures, which was a four-issue miniseries that if you did not know ahead of time, uh, you would swear that it was taken directly from the classic animated Sunbow cartoon. But, J.A., why don't you give us the rundown on who created this awesome series? All right, so uh, this series was written by Eric Burnham. Dan Schoening was the artist. Louis Antonio Delgado handled the colors, and Neil Uyetaki, apologize if I pronounced that wrong, uh, was the letterer. And then you had uh, Tom Waltz doing group editing, Megan Brown was the editor, and Diana Davis, a research specialist on the book. And let me tell you, she probably got her workout because 
literally like every single G.I. Joe shows up some point <laughs> in this four issue run. And yeah, that's actually a little bit to its detriment because it's only four issues. So they don't get to spend a lot of time with some of my favorite shows. Just a couple of them show up for a few panels. Still not enough snake eyes for me. Thank you very much. Oh, geez. Well, instead of grousing, why don't you just give us the 10 cent synopsis there, Andrew? Well, get into thoughts and whatever. Book. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I dislike this book because I, I, I actually really did. This was a good Christmas gift for me, too. And, uh, yeah, the 10 cent synopsis is Cobra Commander sends the Dreadnoughts out to go get this thing that ends up holding Aladdin's lamp. And he rubs the lamp and the genie comes out and it's not Robin Williams. It's this other guy. And he says, hey, Cobra Commander, you get three wishes. And Cobra Commander's like, I want ultimate power. And he's like, I can't get that. I want all the Joes to fall down and worship Cobra. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And he's like, I want five giant bats. <laughs> giant bat robots. And he's like, I can do that. So he does. Joes fight them for a while. And then the Joes get wise. And I think... Duke gets kidnapped, which is a common thing that happens in lots of G.I. Joe. Cobra Commander squanders his wishes, and eventually he wishes for there to be a final resolution to the G.I. Joe Cobra battle. And so the genie pops them all on an island and makes them fight to the death. And and the day is saved by uh, Shipwreck, which uh, officially after this book is the uh, Han Solo uh, (laughs) of the G.I. Joe universe. Because, like... Although everybody thinks Snake Eyes is the coolest, it's really Shipwreck. Like, Shipwreck is the coolest guy on the Joes. And so, um, yeah, that's your 10-cent synopsis. Just like a cartoon, it was over in about 15 minutes, and then I wanted to go eat some candy. Ah, there you go. Now, I'm a a huge G.I. Joe fan, uh, and I know Andy has some some G.I. Joe proclivities as well. But, Jay, I'm not really sure about your G.I. Joe background, and so let's start with you. Did this book do anything for you? What's your uh, initial reactions to G.I. Joe Saturday Morning Adventures? I loved the ending bits where you had that one page of knowing is half the battle G.I. Joe moral equivalent. And the first one, I thought, oh, this is kind of fun. But then the second one and the third one and the fourth, they were a lot more cheeky. And you could tell that they were sort of playing with the, the expectation versus just being straight up. So it was I'm like, is this real or is this satire? <laughs> I think this is satire. This is very cheeky if it's satire or yeah. I'm overthinking this, which is probably right. what I did with G.I. Joe, the cartoon. So many. I overthought it. Yeah, but it's close enough. You can't really tell. That's the beauty of G.I. Joe. It's like so bad it's good. Or is it just good? <laughs> is it live or is it Memorex? I, I like the second one the most because it features, again, my favorite G.I. Joe of all time, Snake Eyes, and he doesn't talk at all. And the kid's just reacting to him like, yes, Snake Eyes, I should go do that thing. You're right, Snake Eyes. Yeah, <laughs> stealing is wrong, Snake Eyes. No, you're right. I'm going to go take this comic book back and apologize, Snake Eyes. <laughs> Snake Eyes, thanks for setting me straight, buddy. Stop staring at me. Your eyes are burning a hole into my soul. I can't stand the guilt. Will you say something? I will say this, that now after reading this particular book, I want to go back and read some of that real Ghostbusters stuff. Mikey Wood mentioned that the same creative team that did this G.I. Joe also did the real Ghostbusters for IDW, right? Yes, and those books are, are fantastic. Burnham and Shoning have been working with Ghostbusters at IDW, geez, for years and years and years. And they have covered the original team. They have covered the the Ghostbusters with 
Melissa McCarthy and uh, Kristen Wiig and that crew. They did the new Ghostbusters. They managed to do them all at the same time, and they are they are just great at crafting a universe where if you're a Ghostbusters fan, you can pick up those stories at any time and dip right in. But it's even more impressive what they did here, I think, just because this does not look like a Burnham and Shonen Ghostbusters book. This looks like the G.I. Joe cartoon from the 80s. Yeah, it does. Like, there's no question, like, if you are a fan of nostalgia, this is a shot right in the arm. Like, this is the pure stuff. Hey, man, you want a little of this on your Christmas? Yeah, you know you like it. Because all the art is perfect. It looks exactly like the cartoon show. Not the crappy dink third season, which is awful. But the first two seasons of G.I. Joe, which I know I'm a huge fan of. Again, I think the only grousing I'm going to do is not enough Snake Eyes. I mean, I, I do like the fact that they finally put Snake Eyes against Storm Shadow in this because I never bought Storm Shadow versus Spirit. Forget that nonsense. That was just because they didn't know how to write Snake Eyes in the show. And then there was another battle with like Firefly and he's fighting Quick Kick and he says, why couldn't I fight the quiet one? <laughs> and I just, I lost it. See, that was my one critical note. Because I was indoctrinated as a six-year-old to be like, no, Spirit, Iron Knife, and Storm Shadow, those are the mortal enemies. Not the Snake Eyes guy. He's off dancing with wolves <laughs> and carrying his glowing radioactive nuclear waste. And the, you know, everything else was so spot on with the cartoon. Whenever they threw that in there, I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's not. Larry Hama was like, good, you finally got it right. Again, it boggles my mind how they made this awesome cartoon show but yet no, no snake eyes and and here you get some which is good but not enough for me and that was really my issue with the whole story was there was just too many joes too many different characters and they it seemed like they all wanted to give each one of them a beat or a couple of beats but it wasn't quite long enough like i wanted a bit more of this character i wanted a bit more of that character and i guess you know it's a no-win situation if you're the writer because if you don't include somebody's favorite joe they're going to be angry or well why, where was my joe but if you do include them then you ha you have to include so many of them that you don't have a lot of time so maybe i don't think you can make the story longer because it's already sort of a, a crazy weird fantasy thing i thought the story length was just perfect usually i'm one who says oh you know you need at least six issues or 10 issues this was perfect length i just felt that the character beats were a little bit truncated because of the need to include so many different characters. Right. Yeah. Just a couple that I, I don't think I got enough of other than snake eyes roadblock didn't show up at all or nearly at all. I don't actually think I saw a stalker was stalker in this at all. He's up in the, the battle scenes. Oh. Again, short shrifting stalker. It seems like that's another MO. Like he's one of the original 12 Joes. And like everyone's like, nah, forget it. Like Roblox cooler. Who's the original Joe that used to have the red patches and he was like the laser sniper? Zap. Yes, I had so, him. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did not read the G.I. Joe comic book until later on in life. And so my initial exposure to G.I. Joe was totally through the cartoon. And my G.I. Joe adventures I made up in my head was totally based on the cartoon characters. And so to stick up for... Burnham and Shoning in this story, this four issue miniseries, it felt like an episode of the cartoon. And if you go back to those episodes, your favorite characters weren't always super involved, but you can pick them out in the background sometimes, or they might have that one line. And this is just the best of serving that kind of nostalgia 
where they made sure the beats were there. They made sure Cobra Commander has the opportunity for ultimate power. But what does he spend it on? A unit of giant bats. <laughs> you know, and then once the Joes figure out, oh, we just need to shoot them in their knees, you know, they'll break down. And then Destro's like, wait, 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 I can fix that. We'll put, you know, force fields in other places. You see Destro trying to manipulate Cobra Commander. Like, all that stuff was great. They get Duke and they throw him into the arena. And did you guys catch whenever he throw him into the arena? The guards or the other people that are in the arena with Duke, they're the old, uh, why can't I think of their name? Help me out, Andy. Visionaries? You get the, the visionaries in the, the arena with Duke. You get the Minotaur comes back. And then everybody had just enough, I think, to show that they were there. And it was obviously, you know, a labor of love for these characters. And like I said, everything just fits. Down to the PSAs at the end. How over the top and crazy it was. All the people in Cobra that are, you know, totally unfaithful to the Cobra Commander's mission. They're just there to get paid. Yeah. Like Destro, when he, he flies out and meets up with Flint, and he's like, listen, ending the war between Joe and Cobra is not in my best interest, so you guys are going to have to do something. <laughs> you know, Or when Firefly tries to run away, and it, like the genie's like, nope, you get back in there. It was just super well done. No, I, I agree. I mean, it was super cool. And I again, it's going to sound like I did like this. This was a great Christmas present. This is like that, getting that G.I. Joe Havoc uh, that we talked about that J.A. and I got uh, for one Christmas. Like, this was great. I just had some nitpicky things. Like, first off, you mentioned that it was only four issues. It should have been five. If you're going to have this be a Monday through Friday, it's going to be five. It's not four. There's not four weekdays. There's five weekdays. And if you're going to have a special, it's five episodes. Right? Right. And then secondly, you could use that extra episode to talk about more Joes that, like, I didn't get to see enough of. Where was Alpine? I love Alpine. Love He's Bazooka. in there. Yeah, but for like two seconds. Bazooka and Cover Girl. There wasn't enough Flint and Lady J smooching on the sidelines. I could have used like that. I could have used Destro and uh, Baroness smooching. There's only one Joe that's missing, and I assume it was for rights-related issues. Dodge and Slaughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they did have tons of vehicles in here. They did like, have They the literally flag. put all the toys on the board. Yeah, and they even make a comment of that when, like, the, the genie dumps them all on the island to fight out. They're like, this seems like a toy box or a sandbox. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that's because that's what it is. And um, I, I think that it could have been a, a smidge longer. No, I think, yeah, one more issue. Just give a, some of those characters a little bit more time to breathe and, and time on panel. Yeah. I mean, the only person I think got a lot of time on panel was Duke. Yeah. And and rightfully so. Like, if you watch the original first season of G.I. Joe, he's the main character. It's him and Cobra Commander. They're the they're the leaders. So they're always in the episodes. But yeah, Zartan got his fair share. I'm, I'm a big Zartan fan. <laughs> I was, say, I was always a big fan of the twins, Tomax and Zaymont. And they, they got their time. They got knocked out with one quick kick kick. Shipwreck got some time, too. I mean, Shipwreck was ultimately, again, the guy that saves the day in the end, and, and rightfully so. And I'm not going to give it away as to what he wishes for with his three wishes, but it totally fits. It's, it's, it's less Shipwreck. It's uh, what's the bird's name? I think it's just Polly. I mean, why why would Shipwreck name his parrot anything else other than Polly? Polly want a Shipwreck? So it's not Shipwreck so much as Polly who saves the day. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but you need that for those plot reasons, because when you have those genies wishes, you need the little esoteric like, oh, no member of Joe or Cobra can enter that cave. 
But Polly's not an official member. So it it honestly was, you know, I started having second thoughts about ever finding Aladdin's lamp because like I I thought to myself, nope. It's like the monkey's paw. Any wish that I really ask for, there's going to be some sort of loophole. I'm going to say it incorrectly. My wording will be wrong. I'll never exactly get what I want. It's like hitting the Powerball. You could win all that money, but haven't you ever seen those shows? It always just ends in terror. (laughs) You know, you lose all your money to the strippers or, you know, everything ends horrifically. You just build a lot of giant bats in your backyard. That's right. (laughs) And then you're like, how am I supposed to power these things? I don't know. Destro keeps fleecing me out of upgrades. (laughs) Do you want the rust preventer? (laughs) You should get the care package just in case these things break down. It's only an extra $29.99 a month. Yeah, never do the warranty. Don't spring for the warranty. They're just trying to get you, Destro. Well, one thing that we're not going to try to get you with is uh, our ratings, because they're going to be pretty straightforward. And uh, I think you can probably guess what they are, but they'll be uh, right after these commercial breaks. So until then, yo, Joe! Do you like comic books? Do you like comic book movies and TV shows? How about movie and TV reviews? If I just described you, good news! You can get all of the movie and TV reviews you're looking for with a good dose of witty banter and fun thrown into the mix by checking out Paperweight Entertainment. Join Derek and Ian every Friday for TV reviews on the Paperweight Entertainment podcast and join Ian and Colonel Bob every Wednesday for the Silver Screen Scoundrel movie reviews. Find out more information about both shows at paperweightentertainment.com. The Pull Bag is GCRN's comic book review and discussion-based podcast. Join me, TFG and Mike, and the rest of the GCRN crew as we discuss the comics we are reading right now. Inside The Pull Bag, you'll also find the origins of how guests got into or out of reading comics, After Dark discussions, and so much more. You can find The Pull Bag every Wednesday, which is New Comic Book Day, only on geekcastradio.com and on anywhere you consume your podcasts. Make your greatest game into comics and jump into the pull bag today. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our rating. Are you ready to unwrap these kids? J.A., what's our one out of four scale this week? Well, it's one out of four G.I. Joes, one out of four Joe toys. So I guess if you've got if if you're not doing a full one, you can do like that's an accessory pack, right? So you get like three Joes in the accessory pack. All right, fine. Real quickly before we start, top four GI Joes. JA. I like Zap. I thought he Ooh. was it was one of the original Joes. Came with the mobile rocket launcher. Um Starscream, is he a Joe? No. I didn't have a lot of GI Joes growing up. I did like I did have Zartan and he came with the removable face. And the color change feature. The color changing, yes, because he was a chameleon. I remember that, yes. Ah, All right, Chad. Top four G.I. Joes. So I'll go uh, the Cobra Bat, just with the extra arm accessory pieces. Those were always a delight. Storm Shadow was one of the coolest looking figures. Just having a ninja, he was super awesome. As far as Joes go, one of my underrated favorite Joes was Crazy Legs. Oh, yeah. Just, he was so fun, and... Uh, because of his gimmick, he was the parachute guy. Uh, I would just throw him off of things. I'd just <laughs> go to the top of stairs, chuck out crazy legs. I had the most fun with him. Uh, let's see. For a fourth one, I'm going to go with the lowly Cobra Trooper. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad that you said it. Because one of my favorite ones was not only the Cobra Trooper, but it was that precursor to the bat, the uh, 
the armor that you would put on other GI Joes, and uh, and they could create mind control. What were they like? They were. I know what you're talking about. They yes. Yeah. Favorite. This one's simple. It's Snake Eye, Scarlet, Bat Trooper, and uh, Shipwreck. Let's just go with that. Those those are the best Joes. You could just have those three fight a bunch of bats, and that could be the whole show for me. Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, one out of four Joes. We're going to start off with Ja. What do you What do you think? It was a fun book. I I found myself hearing the laser blasts in the background whenever the battles were happening. Uh, so you could re- it really put yourself into sort of the G.I. Joe cartoon mentality. Now, growing up, I didn't have a television, so I didn't watch a lot of G.I. Joe, which is why probably I didn't have a lot of G.I. Joes. And therefore, I think if you were a big G.I. Joe fan, it would be much more interesting. Kind of raises the question, is this more a pure nostalgia play. Like if I was to hand this to my son to read, who has zero connection to GI Joe, would he find it as interesting or not? I think the story is crazy and fun enough that he would find it interesting, but he wouldn't get the nuance of all the different characters. So I'm going to give it as it's a solid three. It's a three GI Joes. You didn't get any accessory packs this year, but you did get a couple of Joes to play with. And I will point out my last thing, those original Cobra bad guys, they're like COVID safe. They're all running around with their face masks on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I actually prefer the second Cobra Commander, too, with the hood. I love the hooded Cobra Commander versus the one with, like, the shiny face. He's so badass. And he fits with the rest of the, the troops. They all wear fabric on their heads, so why not? I'll go next, and I, I think I'm going to go a little bit above what J.A. said, but not a full four. I'm, I'm not being a Scrooge on this. I'm not, because I really did enjoy it. But I think I'm going to give it a 3.75. Why? Because, again, it could have been a skosh longer. It, it could have had that Friday episode. We, we, we got cut short at Thursday, and we we're like, what is this? Like, this, this doesn't wrap up my week in a proper way and as a result of having an additional episode you could have got a couple more moments of folks where was tunnel rat he was another favorite gi joe of mine i loved tunnel rat i know he doesn't show up until the movies but who cares like i still like tunnel rat otherwise though this team i hope that they eventually work on masters of the universe because they could knock that out of the park chad worth noting tunnel rat was originally modeled off of uh, Larry Hama's likeness. Oh! So there you go. For me, as a, a Joe fan that grew up with a cartoon and then later came into the Joe comic books, and I love this. I think this uh, touched all the right bases. It, you know, the plot was bananas enough. The Cobra faction was underhanded enough, and nobody trusted anybody. And the Joes, I could hear the voices. I alluded to earlier. You could hear. You know, the, the knockoff Jack Nicholson shipwreck, any anytime he was talking, you could hear Duke, you know, when he's tossed into the arena and just all of it comes flooding back. And listen, I would love if this series went longer. Uh, you know, they came out with these every now and again. I, I think four was enough. I think this is one of those things when you're dipping your toes into the nostalgia waters and you're just saying, hey, we're going to give you a little taste. Like, you don't want to go too far with that. You don't want to be too thorough because sooner or later, you know, you run out of steam and it's like, oh, we're still doing this? And plus, IDW's losing the G.I. Joe license at the end of the year here. And so they had to get this in. They are also doing a similar Saturday morning adventure-style book for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they are not doing it the same way, where it's not as closely adhesive to the original animation style. And it's not as good. I think 
this was exactly what I wanted it to be. So I have no choice but to give it a four. Four Joe's. Yo, Joe, it's enough to fill up that little belt clip they used to have back in the day. And then some. <laughs> That brings up a uh, interesting. Maybe if they had put this out packaged with like a retro Joe action oh, yeah. figure, that would have been cool. Yeah. I don't even think they make them right. They don't make the O ring Joes retro, do they? Uh, they they are back, back to making those. You can order the, order them off of HasbroPulse.com. Yeah, they'll we'll charge so. you a lot more for them, <laughs> but they're out there. <laughs> That's because they know who's buying them. The people right. with money, so they're like, ah, eh, twenty five dollars. For this toy you would have got for five bucks back in the day? Forget it. They knew who wants those under the Christmas tree. And one thing that we hope that is under your Christmas tree is some of our recommendations. But aha! We're going to be a little bit of Scrooge to you fellas. Because it's our holiday party. And we are going to give recommendations to each other. As you may or may not know, last year... Um, during our Christmas episode, we gave recommendations to each other. Now, I, I, again, I don't know if any of us actually read the books other than J.A., because Chad did recommend Amazing Fantasy, and we did read that book. Yes, and after Chad recommended it, we read it on the show, and then he apologized for <laughs> recommending it. <laughs> Told you I hadn't read it all the way through, but it, it seemed promising. <laughs> Those first issues were very promising. <laughs> right. I will say that J.A. recommended to me that I read the entire run of Spider-Man 2099. I didn't get that far. I think I read the first 25 issues. I don't think, though, that Chad has read any of the ROM The Space Knight, although he did help me finish my rom the space knight collection so i was gonna say i was busting my hump to help you find those issues yeah got all 75 four annuals and even some some bonus ones like the marvel two and one and a marvel age uh, issue that kind of ties in with the romness but in any case on this year's show we're gonna first start off with j.a scott who's got a recommendation for chad so what uh comic book present are you giving chad this year all right, so this might be the present that you don't actually want, oh, but no. I think it needs to be given because we talk a lot on this show about how Dan Slott is great if he's writing for characters you don't like. But if he's writing your favorite character, it kills it. I'm giving you the Dan Slott Silver Surfer Omnibus because I want to know, as a non-Silver Surfer fan, if that book is okay or not. So I'm giving yeah. it to you to read. You can keep the Omnibus, dude. I have all the issues, and they are fantastic. There's even the Mobius strip issue where uh, Allred and, and Slot, they, they plot it out where the story goes, you know, forwards and backwards, and you can turn it around and start it again into a perpetual loop. Oh, man. That Omnibus, I'm sure, is, is a great find. It's definitely worth it if you are not heavily invested into the Silver Surfer backstory. You'll learn to love Dawn Greenwood. She's uh, your your favorite manic pixie dream girl come to life. Put on a surfboard. She names the surfboard Toomey because, you know, he's always surf, you know, surfboard to me. <laughs> oh, Toomey's your name. But no, it's fun. It's ridiculous. And it, like, I'm not a Doctor Who guy. So apparently it stole liberally from Doctor Who. I was like, oh, this is new to me, and I like it. So, <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah, Chad can read it again and then come back on a show and talk a little more about it. All right, Chad, your recommendation is for this guy, the host of the most. So, what are you recommending for me, buddy? Oh, man. Just been doing this G.I. Joe show. I already alluded to the fact that uh, IDW is losing the G.I. Joe license at the end of the um, And so, one of the things I haven't been following Larry Hama's run. 
He did 155 issues at Marvel, and they had the last issue where Snake Eyes gets a letter from Sean, who was the son of one of the original Crimson Guardsmen, one of the CGs. But Sean writes this letter to Snake Eyes. It was a wonderful cap on the G.I. Joe series. And then when IDW got the license, Larry Hama picked up with a, a G.I. Joe issue 155 and a half and brought it all the way up to 300. And so I'm not going to recommend the entire run, but I am going to recommend that you, you flesh out some highlights of the Hama IDW run. Okay. Including where they kill Snake Eyes, take them off the board. And then this last run, it starts with uh, issue number 296. It's called All In. And it's written by Larry Hama. There's art by S.L. Gallant. And basically, Cobra is running a casino. And that's where Cobra Commander is, is putting his efforts. And behind the scenes at the casino, Dr. Mindbender has resurrected Genghis Khan. Who comes out <laughs> and decides he's going to be the new Serpentor. And it has all the touchstones of the Larry Hama Joe stories where there's the, the slightest tinge of realism. Like you get the Joes uh, come and join the battle, but they're, they're doing the checkpoints on all their vehicles to make sure all the stuff works or whenever they go into the casino, they're making sure that certain Joes are laying down suppressive fire while other Joes are, are, are restocking and reloading. Uh, so you have those bits of elements and the bits of actual war, you know, at play. And then you mix it with the clone of Genghis Khan, clones of Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe's walking through the casino and assuring the people there at the slot machines, no, no, this is just a fire drill. Go back to playing and having fun. It's so ridiculous. And because you're a big Snake Eyes guy, I'm going to tell you, not only do you get double the Snake Eyes fun in here, you get more than that. The last storyline, it's called All In. It's issues 296 to, to 300. Genghis Khan decides he's going to become Serpentor, steals the armor. Destro is still doing all the things that Destro does. It's just a great madcap ending to a run. I don't know as of the time we're recording uh, whether they've announced where G.I. Joe's going next, but if issue 300 is Larry Hama's last issue, it, it was a good one. He went out with a bang on this story. So check out some of the highlights from that IDW run, especially the final arc, you'll get all the snake eyes you need more. Oh, well, definitely. I- I'm looking forward to it. That's, I mean, you've never steered me wrong with G.I. Joe in the past. Every single time that you've recommended a G.I. Joe book to me, I've enjoyed it. As far back as, you know, that Chuckle series. Oh, yeah, the, the Cobra miniseries. Yes. I think we have to, in 2023, we have to cover that for J.A. Because that is such a great series. So my uh, Christmas gift for for J.A. Scott, I think, uh, kind of fits a lot of his likes uh, when it comes to comic books. Like myself, he's a big fan of kind of like the pulpy 1930s, 1940s. He was a big fan of Indiana Jones and kind of those adventures back in the, the old days, as well as uh, adventures starring literary characters. Yes, that's right. So my recommendation for uh, J.A. is that he finally reads a great series that was released several years ago called Five Ghosts, done by Frank Barbary. Uh, The art in this is straight up almost like John Buscema-esque in terms of its uh, design work. The story is about a treasure seeker named uh, Fabian Gray, 
he gets this mystical artifact called the Dreamstone, which allows him to channel the powers and experiences of five fictional characters, or AKA ghosts. So he can channel the powers of Robin Hood, Dracula, Merlin, Sherlock Holmes, and Musashi. Basically, he can either be the greatest detective in the world, he can have awesome arrow shooting abilities, question mark, he can become a vampire, he can become a sorcerer, or he can become an awesome samurai. And he uses these powers to stop, as often they do in the 1930s and 40s, Nazis from stealing something like in a very traditional sense like Indiana Jones. But it is a super, super awesome book. It's got all the things that you want from like a pulp story. It's got magic. It's got Cthulhu monsters. It's got ancient temples filled with like bloodthirsty savages Just so much wonderful stuff in this particular book that I think that not only will you fall in love with the first trade, which is called The Haunting of Fabian Gray, but you'll want to read the rest. And there was an actual ending to it. It only ran, I think, for like 18 issues in an annual. So you could actually probably read the entire series. And hopefully you like it. I will check it out because uh, I love things that come to an end. The current Hickman X-Men run doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. So it will be nice. Well, I mean, not with Hickman. He just set it up and then decided to go away. Right. Everyone's got to play with the same toys, though. He's, they got to put the one page of text in every book. I'm telling you that's coming out. Make an omnibus. <laughs> recommend it. Well, next One thing that's not going to stop either is the last comic shop, as we've been alluding to on all previous shows. We have already signed our lease on the last comic shop for 2023. So get ready for 52 new shows coming at you in next year. So, yeah, we're going to be around. So make sure that you check us out. www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Give us a gift for uh, this uh, holiday season by just listening to our shows. Maybe saying some nice things about uh, some of the comic books that we recommend. Maybe you've checked them out based on our show. And uh, yeah, I I enjoyed that. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, J.A. Thanks, Andy, for those recommendations. For us, that's the best gift of all. There you go. And you can find us on the socials if you want to interact with us there. We are at Last Comic Shop all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. Find any videos there comments leave feedback let us know what you're thinking but uh you can also always go back to the home base www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com where they can find what else ja well we've got links to our merch store so it's the holiday season you want to buy a present for your uh significant other or friend or just need a new tote bag to carry around all those comic books you're buying in the dollar bins or t-shirts where we've got our holiday edition limited run of last comic shop Christmas special t-shirt on sale right now. Check it out. They're going there you fast, go. kids. And while we are the last comic shop podcast that we hope you need, we hope uh, to not be the last comic shop out there. So we encourage everybody to go to the comic shop locator, www.comicshoplocator.com, where you can find a spot where you might be able to pick up G.I. Joe, a real American hero, Saturday morning adventures. Or maybe you want to follow along with some of the recommendations that we made today, including... Dan Slot, Silver Surfer Omnibus. Uh, your mileage may vary depending on how much you like the Silver Surfer. Thought it was great. Or maybe you want to pick up Five Ghosts. Uh, those trades are excellent as well. 
Or maybe you're a fan of that Larry Hama G.I. Joe run, which was different than the cartoon, but its own special sauce of craziness and realistic military action all somehow blended together. Uh, you can pick up the tail end of the IDW run that all in at comic shops now. All right. And uh, until next week, when we'll not only have our year-end review. Yes, uh, Chad's been crunching the numbers for all of our last comic shop fans, so stick around to see what was our top ten books, what were our top ten downloaded episodes, all kinds of great metrics and data, because why? Kids love data, as we always say. Plus, we'll have interviews, interviews with Jim Starlin that we cut at Baltimore Comic-Con, interviews with Tony Fleece, interviews with Frank Cho, So make sure that you're tuning in next week for our last episode of 2022. Until then, I was the most Andy Larson. I was joined by my ghosts of Christmas past, Jay Scott and Chad Smith. And until then, stay safe, stay holly, and remember that Meisterbrow is always the best beer to drink when you're emptying a chemical toilet. Merry Christmas! Shitter's full! So if we're the ghosts, does that make Mikey Wood the Jacob Marley to our Christmas past? <laughs> the last comic shop was a 2022 Black Angus production. Hey guys, I'm here for the uh, party. Where is everybody? Uh, I I swore this was the right time. I mean, I got my gift and uh, oh well. I guess I'll just uh, sit down and you know, hey, open the only gift that's here. Uh, mine. Uh, let's see here. Wow! Daggone! It was a... I got some Force Awakens boxer briefs. The comic book history of beer by Jonathan Hennessy and Mike Smith. And a Luke Bryan CD? Oh man, this is great! Who knew I was a fan of undergarments, beer, and mediocre country music? Thank you, Ethan. You are very kind to me. And here's wishing we can be a little kinder to each other this holiday season. Like telling somebody when the show was supposed to be.